0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Case. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? MMA Zing. Amazing. Radio. Welcome to
1: It's I'm Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me, Kid Presentable. Ayo. Unfortunately not with us this week. Our boy Lavender Gooms should be back next week. In fairness to the man, we record this shit at like 9.45pm on Monday and sometimes the guy's got stuff to do.
2: Um, not on assignment though?
1: No, nah, I don't think he's on assignment this time. He All might right. be on assignment. Do we don't know. Um, first off, we'd like to welcome the uh, D'Angelo Russell to the Golden State Warriors. Stefan, why don't you let Mark know his his his, his nickname?
0: D'Lo. We oh, got a, okay. We got a
1: D'Lo. If we All can right. get a, if they can give him a three digit number and make it four six five. You can get Mark's AIM uh, name from like third grade, or not third.
0: grade. Uh,
2: yeah, maybe, maybe that also.
0: Comes, yeah. uh, he's kind. He's kind of nerdy. Um, Mark. One of his deals is uh, another nickname is "d loading" for him, and he puts up a little eight bit loading screen uh, okay. from time to
2: time. <laughs> yeah, tw- like a mover or something. Tw- <laughs> not
0: nearly as interesting. Twenty three years
1: old, just got one hundred and seventeen million dollars. Good for the kid. got to wish happy trails to Kevin Durant. And an especially and sadder goodbye
2: to our boy, Andre Iguodala. Man, what? Bobby. Andre guys, Iguodala. He's gone. If, he, if he's he, like, I mean, they don't win one championship and they're like, oh, I'm going to quit now. Well, no. So he, uh, well, Kevin Durant left. He just Before he won the, the finals? Uh, Kevin, no. The final, we lost the finals. That's what from, I'm saying. <laughs> these, no, no. these kids don't stick around anymore. Like, oh, this team doesn't win. I got to quit the game and start a new team. I can't work with this team no more. Look, Kevin Durant players. wanted Where's Curry? to. Where's Kevin, Curry? He stayed. Where's Thompson? He stayed. Those are team players. Get the shucks <laughs> out of here, Durant's a Piece of shit. Well, okay. In
1: fairness, Durant he wanted to fuck a hipster in Brooklyn, and so he, he signed there. Andre Iguodala, we traded. It needed to be done because we had to pay. Uh, we had to pay
0: Delo That had to okay, happen. We, well, we traded someone. That's not really much of their theirs. <laughs> but... Mark taking a hardline stance against Kevin Durant. So we, have, um, oh, we got hot takes. There it is uh, Steph and Clay are team players. Get you that know what, trend.
1: You know what I like, Andre Iguodala. Hadn't met Stefan before. Meet Stefan, gets traded in less than 24 hours.
0: Yeah, I actually met uh, Andre Iguodala this weekend. Uh, I went, as in Oakland. He released a book. He's been on a media trail, shitting on the Warriors team doctors. Some people say he's been telegraphing it this whole time by leaking all this shit about the team. Uh, But uh, he met my dog. He told my dog. If you go go on Instagram, you can see uh, her bewildered face. After Andre told her the secret that he was leaving Oakland the following day. Definitely what happened.
1: Um, All right, boys and girls, we are going to talk about the majority of this podcast. We're going to talk about this pretty loaded uh, somebody find some wood to knock on UFC 239 card. I found some. Um, I can can knock on
2: shit if you want. Yeah, well, you know,
1: I I needed wood.
2: Uh, So um, you can't see it. It's particle wood. It's fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got to go back to reach for my cabinets here. we're going to talk about that. Um, first off, we're going to talk a little bit about this, uh, about Francis Ngannou. Pretty much still, like, I mean, if there's anybody do- anybody doubting that this dude hits harder than anybody else in MMA. Put another man down um, with not even any that many clean shots, to be honest. So we're going to talk about that. A couple other results from this card in uh, Minneapolis, um, where the UFC got 10,000 people to show up and pay them nearly a million dollars. So... I imagine some of those people thought they were going to see Tara Woodley Robbie Lawler. So, that didn't happen. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. But you know what? They got to see a uh, former champ and a bunch of other contenders. Not the worst. Not the bad. worst. That's not not, the worst. not bad. Right. bad. Not bad for a fight night. I mean, it's not terrible. Um, talk a little bit about that. Um, talk a little, uh, little stuff we like. And uh, give you guys my review for Fighter Fest, which was what I was watching, if I'm being honest, during the entirety of this UFC card. I had two screens going. But uh, the uh, the volume I had was for the wrestling. Can't really be blamed. Uh, one of these one of those events had Jim Ross. The other one didn't. Um, and you and you listened to the Jim Ross one. I did. I did listen to the Jim Ross one. They also had uh, they also had this other guy doing commentary. Uh, Steph, what, his name was Golden Boy. Yeah, Golden Boy. Uh, he's an eSport commentator. Yeah, um, he was really good. Big one at that. He was really good with the wrestling. Honestly, I was impressed. Guess he's a big fan. Um, anyway. Let's get into it uh, this past Saturday from the Target Center, where the Minnesota Timberwolves play basketball. And just, they think they're going to get D'Angelo Russell. And then the, we just take it from them. We take it from them. They also watch MMA. Um, Francis Ngannou, Junior Dos Santos, took about 70, took 73 seconds, 71 seconds. Marcus, Junior threw some kicks. Francis threw a kick. Junior tried to throw a right hand missed and then it was unfortunate what proceeded
2: afterwards yeah i mean there's not a whole lot to break down because there wasn't a lot of fight and ultimately i I think at the end of the night it felt a little anticlimactic um especially because uh last week i was kind of worried that maybe this fight uh the two guys would be a little trigger shy and it might be kind of a slower fight that wasn't the case at all these two guys were really going at it and for junior, it was his difficulties really gauging the range. He had success early on; they both did with low kicks, uh, you know, kind of fighting on that outside, you know, not really able to get in. And what was interesting is, you know, the few things you could you could take away from this was like junior was kind of in the center of the octagon in the beginning. He threw some some faints uh, to Francis to kind of see gauge how he's reacting. And Francis at first was backing up. The second or third time he threw a faint, Francis fainted back with left hooks. Kind of indicating, like, look, I'm ready for you to come in the pocket and have something waiting for you. So uh, at that point, Francis got a little bit more aggressive. He took the center, and Junior was backing up. And at that point, I think Junior kind of wanted to reestablish himself, get back to the center of the octagon. And his strategy for that was to step in big, throw a big overhand right, maybe try to scare Francis out of the pocket, get him to back up. Um, He couldn't get in the pocket. That was his trouble the whole fight, you know, the few attempts he had. So his big overhand right whiffed pretty hard. He overextended himself. And we've kind of seen this with Francis and a lot of his opponents. Their inability to get in the pocket and be successful. And to make up for that, kind of like what we saw with Overeem, they overexert themselves. They throw big over, over looping punches that throws them off balance. So that's exactly what happened. He threw this big overhand right. And instead of recentering himself and basically putting his... Uh, basically, he threw this overhand right. His back right foot... Should have went back to get him centered. But he went across and basically turned his back on Francis. Francis, um, you know, not having backed up from the big overhand right, was right on his back when he gave his back up. He caught him with a nice, not a super vicious shot, but just a clean right hand that caught Junior by surprise. Dropped him to the ground. Francis uh, then, uh, you know, went to finish the fight, through some hard punches. And I think one of them landed pretty good and kind of uh, Junior went a little limp. And that's when the referee... Um, you know, called the fight there. Uh, ultimately, this is kind of where Francis is so spectacular is that he capitalizes on these guys' mistakes and he controls the range really well. This is a guy that has really good... Uh, t- uh, just extremely fast reflexes so he's able to make small maneuvers and to stay in position when these guys make these big mistakes and you know when you're dealing with the heavyweights and how hard francis hits and all these guys you know one mistake can really lead to the end of the fight and that's what junior did you know he overexerted on a punch got himself in a bad position a lesser fighter you know might not have been in position to take advantage of that slip up but francis was and he took advantage he landed the big shot he got the quick win you know, this is his, what, third fight in a row where he's kind of back on track, winning in the first round, within the first minute or so. And, you know, we're back to kind of Francis Ngannou, the killer that we saw before his uh, fight with Stipe. So, he's definitely in the title p- picture with this, you know, fantastic win over Junior.
1: Yeah, Stefan Mark got right there what I wanted to go. Um, three wins in a row since that Derek Lewis fight. fight that was just weird and cost me money. Yeah. Um, and made my little brother call me all sorts of names. My little brother... By the way, the first time... When fucking... What's the name of the glory guy who got knocked out? Our boy. Um, earlier in the evening. The light uh, heavyweight. Yeah. Gokin. Gokin Kentucky. Go Kentucky, got knocked out. My little brother like was like... Wasn't that your fucking guarantee? And I was like... Uh, yeah. The wheels were already falling off before Francis and Derek stared at each other for 20 minutes. Um, Stefan, um, we got ourselves a heavyweight title fight coming up uh, in a couple months between... Uh, Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miosic it's hard to imagine Francis Ngannou
0: not being the number one contender I mean especially if Daniel Cormier retains right um. Well, one man, y'all's analysis of that fight was longer than that fight.
2: uh <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 you got to break it down like a like an Epo Dragon Ball Z. There's lots of things going on. That internal monologue of what is Francis? What
0: is the memory of his childhood that he's remembering as he throws? Hey, man,
2: we, we've seen we've seen Junior
1: you
0: make uh, the same mistakes a lot of times. To be honest, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely. All that's left to see with Francis, he's exercised all his demons. All that's left to see is how much better has his wrestling defense gotten and how much better can he manage his gas tank he was young he was he was he was green in his career when he got that title fight he ascended to lofty heights he was not ready for the platform that's all that's left to see is has he grown in these regards and if he has then he's the champion in waiting we all kind of hope he is um it'll be fun it's going to be fun either way
1: yeah i mean i'm i mean marcus i'd rather see him fight cormier of course um but even if it ends up being stipe that I remember that first round of their fight we were all just holding our breath. Like it just anything anything Francis threw was like millimeters from taking off Stepe's head it felt like.
0: Yeah, he just swung too wild. He I think the hype definitely got to him. He he swung big he, he, he threw, like, telegraph. he didn't set things up, like, I think he came in just believing he was hot shit that was just gonna knock this guy out. Found out Steve A is a whole world tougher, so um, it seems like he has respect for the craft, so I have to imagine he'd have a completely different
2: approach. Yeah, he, he ended up fighting, like, a lot of the guys fight Francis Naganu where they're just, like, way over-eager, they're trying to, you know, make something happen, and they get kind of exposed, and I think Steph's absolutely right, um, I mean, I, I actually, Bob, I'm sorry, it was you, you know, um, France, I can't remember who said it. Francis, we, we know where his shortcomings are, and it's just has he shored up those things? Has he taken the losses to heart and really worked on the wrestling, really worked on pacing himself throughout these fights? It's really hard to tell if he's made those corrections because his last three fights have been like the five fights before the CPA fight where the guys that he's fighting are just making mistakes, and he's capitalizing on them, and we know Francis is aces at that. But we don't know when he fights a guy that's not going to make a silly mistake and take him into deep waters. Does he have something for them when it comes to the third, fourth, and fifth round? We really don't know that yet. I think kind of the dark horse in this whole picture is about a fighter we're going to talk later with John Jones. I think there's really not a lot at light heavyweight for John Jones, right? I mean, he's fighting guys that, and we'll talk about it when we break down his upcoming fight, like they're not in the league. Like they're kind of just, honestly. I mean, where at? Where at? Anderson Silva fighting Patrick it, Well, his own. contenders are a bunch of guys moving up from middleweight that had, you know, some quick success in light heavyweight, and now are getting title shots because he's kind of demolished. He's crippled. That that division has been completely crippled. They kind of need Jones and DC out of there just to get new blood to get a couple wins and kind of change the landscape of that division. And I mean, ultimately, we've been talking about it for years. Jones going up to heavyweight. I. Really want to see that because I feel like that's the only place he's going to get tested. I don't think anyone's going to be coming in light heavyweight to test John Jones. I think when he fights guys like Francis Ngannou, who have these long reach like he does, where all of these advantages that he has, you know, had against all of his opponents aren't there anymore. I want to see how he gets tested in those realms Um and if you know, I think it would be really cool to see Francis and John Jones fight for a number one contender's shot. I don't think John needs any of that. You know, if John moves up to heavyweight, he just fights for the title, whoever is holding it at the time, because he's you know easily pound for pound one of the greatest fighters. You Marcus, know, Marcus, he uh,
1: he kind of, I mean, I other people have to watch this, the embedded. He kind of went out there and said he wants to be a twenty time champion, and I think he's at eleven or thirteen. I'm not really sure what we're counting. What is or isn't a no contest. If if he wants to go to heavyweight, I mean, he spoke pretty extensively about, like, giving... If he wants to fight Daniel Cormier again, he doesn't feel the need to give... I mean, it was a pretty honest interview where he's like, why would I fight Daniel Cormier in a more advantageous place for him after I beat him once and the second fight, you know... He says, I think I beat him twice. The second fight was a no contest, but... Why would I give that to him? Because Jones is kind of risk-averse, which is weird to say about a guy who tends to finish people. Um, So I don't know if he wants that. I mean, he wanted to fight Brock Lesnar because I think he thought he could whoop that ass and get paid. But
2: I don't know. Maybe he wants to— I I, I don't get his his headspace where he's like— dc being way overweight is now like a big problem for me to handle well, no, he, i
1: think he's saying that dc carries power at heavyweight which some people do say that dc is a more dc is a better fighter at heavyweight than he is at light heavyweight is
2: the he argument he might be i mean and look at for john jones i mean yeah for his and if i was in john jones's place yeah i'd probably yeah why not stick around in this division which has been scorched to the earth and there's no talent here he could if he wants to get 20 title defenses or title wins or however we're counting it because you know they're not all defenses whatever. Yeah, light heavyweights the place he could be, there's no one there for him. There's no challengers and he's head head of heels, he's better than everyone in that division. As a fan, I know this dude's fucking, you know, top tier, maybe the best we've ever seen in this sport. I want to see him challenged. That's all I've ever wanted and there have been some guys at light heavyweight that I thought maybe could challenge him. None of them have been able to, so now it's like I need to see him fight guys that have the same proportions that he has, so what? he doesn't have these natural advantages over these guys, and really see him tested. Now, that's me as a fan, not thinking about me as a fighter, and I don't want to get brain damage and fucking you know lose lives off, you know use lose years off my life. But you know as a fan, I want to see this guy challenged because I think if someone really challenges John Jones, that's when we see the best of him, right? The DC fight showed a little bit of that. The Gustafson, the first one, we saw that. I want to see this. I want to see the true potential of John Jones, and I don't think we're seeing it. I light heavyweight because he's so much better than these guys. He doesn't have to try. You know, it's basically saying like, oh, you know, I kind of want my son to get straight A's. So I'm not going to put them in any advanced placement classes. I don't want them to be challenged at all. I just want them to succeed At what they're doing and you know as a fan i want to see this guy challenge and push and see him come over that or see him fail and have to fight through that adversity because one of the things that he said way back when we watched that stupid fucking ufc documentary is that he said oh i'm beating the weakness out of all these guys i think john jones has a lot of weakness that no one's been able to beat out of him and the only way he's going to become a better person overall i mean the the man was
1: tested one time and he got out he that was it it was Guns Gus, right? I mean, that yeah. was the real test he ever faced. You know what's an interesting aspect of this, Stefan? Is that I was re I forgot whose article it was, but like they were talking about how light heavyweight for the first time in years has got like a whole bunch of really young guys that like might be something, but it's so thin the weight class that I wor- I'm worried we're gonna get like these dudes having to fight John Jones in the next like, you know, nine months. Like, we kind of need him out of—we need him to go away. Is that like how middleweight got all these guys when Anderson
0: finally de- got dethroned? John Jones isn't going to get dethroned. He needs to just get out the way. Um, what do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, kind of in terms of the up-and-comers, there's really only one that I buy into at this moment that has any potential, um, and that's Johnny Walker, and he might be next for all I know. <laughs> he could have—if he got this shot— like I wouldn't be like, oh no, Tiago Santos deserves it. Like it could have been any of these guys at this point. I mean, um, it's, because, it's because he hurt his shoulder dancing is why he didn't get this, right? Like, yeah, you got, you got to <laughs> heal. You got to do the worm better, I guess. Um, but yeah, fuck, man. Like, whatever. You know, I, I'm kind of a little bit of a pessimist with this. Like, I agree with Mark saying. At the same time, you be you, John Jones. Just leave this legacy of domination. What's the reason to give Cormier the advantage, John? I think you're so much better than Daniel. The reason to do it is for total domination of Daniel Cormier's life. Unless John Jones I mean, that's pity. not even what I want. I want him to fight in Ganu. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Maybe John Jones takes pity and he knows if he beats Daniel Cormier at heavyweight, Daniel won't be able to live with this. Like, that might be a bridge too far for him. Like, like,
2: if you want to completely crush a man, he could do it physically and mentally in one fight. I mean, it
0: just takes everything. He's gonna do the um, he's gonna do the Samoa Joe. Here's a pro wrestling thing for you, Bob. John Jones is gonna do the Samoa Joe thing and take Daniel's family. He's gonna beat Daniel so bad that his family got a new daddy now. Thank you for that. I didn't know that about Samoa Joe. <laughs> pro wrestling in 2019, ladies and gentlemen,
1: It's just Samoa Joe. Really, Samoa Joe just <laughs> just
0: went on TV. You ever beat a man's ass so bad you took his family?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Wendy. He was just yelling at the dude's wife's name. God bless Samoa Joe. Um, uh, we kind of went off course. We'll get back to John Jones in a little bit here. Co main event Joe Kozuna himself, Joe B. Kenobi, a man with a black belt in jiu-jitsu. There were so many more of these. I liked a lot. Of Joe used to be a lot more fun when he was younger. Um, now he just keeps winning. Um, Joseph Benavidez went out there, and you know, man, when you've already knocked a man out, um, it's hard to look impressive against him again. But you know what? If you get poked in the eye with a weird cut and then still knock the motherfucker out. Shit, man. Um, that's how you do it. Um, Joseph Benavides went out and knocked the man out. Took a little longer this time. Um, but, you know, Formiga loses yet another number one contender fight. Uh, Joseph Benavides says they're going to start calling me Joseph two times. Because I beat Formiga twice. He listed like three guys he's beaten twice. And he says, and I'm going to beat Sahudo twice. He says, I got a lot of respect for Henry. Heal up. I want a shot at the belt, which he's the number one contender. And he's got to fucking win over the champion. So, Marcus, we talked about it. Considering the champion just had shoulder surgery... UFC probably could have just made this an interim title fight this I, past weekend. I, I was
2: just going to allude to – we were talking about that last weekend. I mean, really, when you're watching this fight, and I think – were they one and two or two or three? I can't remember if I mean, they still they have – They were at the top two. of the weight class. Let me look and see if they've been updated. I mean, there's not a lot – I mean, there's fights in other weight classes where they have interim belts where the rankings aren't like one and one two. One and two. Yes. It's like, come on. Just give me, just give me and number an interim three is, number three is Alexandre P- Pantoja, who –
1: Swear to God, no offense to the man. I can't tell you who we beat. I think or, he beat. I think he might be fighting
2: next weekend, this upcoming one. Is that the guy I mentioned on the prelims? Uh, Anyways, doesn't matter. F- I'll fight figure fight out who he is. he is. You go ahead. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the one thing I do want to say, uh, I think Formiga fought a better fight this fight. Um, the cut was uh, – the commentary said that, you know, it was a, a, a thumbnail that caused the cut. It was a punch. Like, there's no eye poke in this. I, I don't want people misconstruing this with some kind of, like, hand-open – cheap eye poked it was a right hook and look at you know sometimes you don't turn the knuckles in you get a fingernail or something the cut was in a really bad spot for um joseph benavidez and it, it affected him in that first round he constantly was was rubbing his eye and trying to get the blood out of there uh, great work from the corner in between rounds to basically seal up that cut formiga was not able to expose that on him in the second round but i do want to give uh formiga you know some credit here he got joseph benavidez down twice and took his back now he had his back for all of, like, maybe two seconds because Joseph scrambled and got right out of that shit. But Formiga showed some stuff in this fight that I was kind of impressed with. I didn't think he'd be able to get Joseph Benavidez down at all, and he got his back twice, and that's kind of that's kind of a place where he does a lot of his work. If dude's got your back, you're about to get rear naked choked, shit's really bad for you. If you're Joseph Benavidez, though, that dude, I mean, it's not just scrambling. like To scramble at that high level and not make any small mistakes where Formiga can cinch up that back even more, get you belly down, uh, you know, get a triangle in on your stomach. Um, you know, you have to yeah. be at the highest level. And Joseph is that. And we've seen it. This dude scrambles with the best of them. Um and ultimately his stand-up just looked a lot better. And it, it's been looking better for a while. He does the same thing uh Dillashaw does and that a lot of these what I kind of consider like a new age of striking is they're using uh both stances, Southpaw and Orthodox, and they're using stance changes to mix in strikes and get in different positions to, to set up strikes. It's, it's, it's completely changing the game of striking. We saw it with TJ was kind of one of the first guys to do it. We're seeing more and more guys do it. You know, Dominic kind of did it, but these guys are going for blood. They're not just using the footwork to dance around. They're using the footwork to trick guys up to thinking they're changing stances, but throwing a punch off of it. And ultimately with Joseph, you know, finished his fight with was with a beautiful head kick, got the, the exact part of the shin. You really can't ask for a better head kick. If these guys weren't, you know, a buck 25, that's knockout, instant. Heavyweight, dude's dead. This is, that was a better kick than a lot of co-crop cool knockouts. I've Honestly, seen. Marcus, I was just, I came out of this
1: being like, man, Joseph's still getting better. Yes. That's his, impressive. His stand-up looks I mean, he's not he's as old, old as I thought he was. He's just been doing this since he was like 19, but he he's, still, and, he's getting
2: better. And he, he has the unfortunate. To just be a size where you know this division's been on the chopping block, even when Mighty Mouse was around, we were thinking like, oh, this might not last very long. It's not pulling in the numbers and it just sucks that he is so talented, but he's in a division that no one really cares about me, you know, and Henry's getting a lot of heat, and the division hasn't died yet, right? I think when Henry won or we thought you know when TJ was going down, this division was on death's door, and it kind of still feels that way, but they're still they're having these fights, they're giving these guys shots, and Joseph looks spectacular. And I think he deserves that shot with Henry. Stefan,
1: Stefan, I was feeling pretty good about this division, but when the champ get- oh, got hurt, I was just like, "Ah oh, shit, ah oh, shit." Um, give let's man. I'm not saying Joseph is gonna beat Henry because at this point, I'm picking Henry over John Jones. But let's get let's let the man fight him, right? Like let's give him. He beat him once. Let's let it happen. Or fuck, let him fight for a uh, stri- Henry's out for a year. Let's just strip him. I'm sorry, he's double champ. He did it. Good job. Let's get Joseph, uh, make him a champion somehow. <laughs> I don't care how it happens, man. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, I don't know what you're asking me at this point, Bob. Uh, Joseph yeah. for champion, yay or nay? <laughs> yeah, give him a shot. Who cares?
1: <laughs> Thank you. That's <laughs> the right attitude. Um, my guy, Damian Maya, um, just did his Damian Maya thing. He won two rounds and he's like, you know what? I'm good. Fuck this. I'm out. Um,. And Drew Dober, we wondered why he wasn't such a big favorite over Marco do- Polo Reyes. I mean, he knocked him out in a minute. That's what you do when you're a massive favorite, so props to the man. Um, And Stefan, your boy Eric Anders only needed 80 seconds to get a win. Didn't have time to get tired.
0: I mean, he's not my boy whatsoever. Uh, I don't even know if that's being sarcastic, Bobby. I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly a little flabbergasted at that introduction, but yeah, he knocked the F out of that dude. I saw that. Man, there's like one Filipino. He's not even that a Filipino in the UFC. <laughs> Can you get on board? <laughs> Bobby, do you know how much I didn't like like Brandon Vera at the end? Like What was the name of the guy who fought no Hominick? Blood loyalty here.
1: What was the name of the guy who fought Hominick? Um he had like brain swelling from that fight. <laughs> uh that Filipino cat. Yeah, I don't Ye- recall. Yeah. Eddie Yagen. He was like
0: 38. <laughs> it
1: was not a safe
0: fight. <laughs> I don't know. I got Foleyang. I don't know where he is. He's, like, sometimes in the UFC when they go to Asia. But I thought he was there for like I know, but, like, they'll bring him in when they're in Asia. I don't know. He's, like, a free agent. He's so under the radar. They don't even care if he fights for other companies. Um, let's just talk about this other card,
1: quite frankly. Uh, we kind of mark on kind of We probably should just transition to it when we got all John jones doubt. out. But let's go for it. Um, we got ourselves the arguable greatest fighter... And when I say arguably, man has really made it, so there's a whole bunch of arguments, we didn't need a half with his bullshit life. but John Jones, arguably the greatest fighter ever or fighter ever, the best damn light heavyweight that ever was is probably gonna be the way this weight class is going, is defending his light heavyweight title against Tiago. He once lost to a man with a toe that was broken and the bone was exposed. Santos. That one's hard to let go. John Jones is a minus five hundred and twenty five favorite. I'm not even gonna I mean we're all picking John Jones it's not even front, but does John Jones finish this man? this is not for any official anything, but I mean I think he's putting him away inside of I'm gonna go third round he's gonna put him down what do you think mark
2: uh yeah, I think there's a i, I think he'll he'll probably stop the fight at some point um whether it's in the third fourth or fifth I think it's gonna be late. Um, cause I, I feel like he's gonna just do his John Jones things, which is really just controlling the distance, just controlling the tempo of the fight. He's gonna be the one dictating when the action's happening and. I'll poke here there. Yeah, I mean, Thiago's gonna try to do some stuff. He's gonna try to get in that pocket and he, the spacing's not gonna be there. The punches are gonna be whiffing. And I mean, that's just what we've seen in a lot of these John Jones fights is just that the guys can't figure out the puzzle on the stand up and it just gets worse when you get in the clinch. You're done if when it's on the ground um so Tiago, yeah.
1: Tiago also doesn't
2: manage his wind all that well I imagine he's gonna be pretty fucking tired from swinging at air <laughs> right and I imagine that he, he's gonna come in and try to get something done early because I think that's what he kind of has to do I mean honestly the book on John Jones is incredibly difficult to even kind of approach like how do you fight this guy and be successful and I think really you have to get in his face um and that's really difficult because a lot of his best weapons standing up or at distance he has a lot of kicks that's going to keep you away it, he makes it extremely difficult for guys to get in the pocket. And when they do, he usually clinches up, right? Or he he has transitioned extremely well to using elbows in short distance. Jones still doesn't use his hands particularly well. So if Tiago can somehow circumvent the kicks on the outside and get in close, be cautious of those elbows you know, from standing, you might be able to get something done. But we haven't seen anyone do it. I think we've seen better fighters attempt it than Thiago Santos. You know, we talked about it earlier. This is a guy that moved up from middleweight, and look at it, you can't. I'm not going to take anything away from him. He's been, he's been fucking killing it. At I mean, he, really? he absolutely he absolutely deserves this title shot. Honestly, I and mean, he's won enough.
1: You I mean, beat yeah. who? You beat who? Do you want to beat? Well, I mean, <laughs>
2: who do I want him to beat? There's a lot of guys he hasn't fought. I mean, when you look at his his stats here, they, it's Jimmy Manuel that's pretty good. Eric it's Andrews, Gustafson. Right. You want you want him? You want him to beat Gustafson? Gustafson. Um. Uh, Anthony Johnson. He, well, Anthony Johnson's not
1: in the UFC. Glover
2: Teixeira. I mean, these are the caliber of fighters what I'm talking about, really, is the caliber of fighters. And the thing is that the division doesn't really have these guys anymore. So, I mean, look, he beat Jan Blotzwitz. He beat Manua. He beat Anders. These aren't bad names, but none of these dudes were in contention for titles. He hasn't fought and beat anyone that has fought for a title before. So that's kind of why I'm like, all right, I mean, sure, he earned it because no one else is more deserving at this point but in a different time you know if this was five years ago no he doesn't deserve this these aren't the names you get a championship fight off of but you know this is where we're at where the division has leveled out to where it is now and he is the most deserving guy i'm not taking that away from him i don't think he has the snowball's chance in hell and none of
1: us Yeah, i mean yeah i mean you know what he really i mean yeah stefan ask your opinion on whether this thing gets uh finished but santos i mean if you're gonna fight competition that isn't necessarily warranting a title shot you at least got to knock him out you didn't true. do that. That's true. Um, Stefan, uh, what do you think about this uh, one-sided matchup? You think John Jones puts him away, or we got like an Anthony Smith thing where John Jones just lets him hang around?
0: Uh, yeah, you know, you. I think you know. I'm with you guys. Uh, I think it's gonna be a finish. Um, sometimes a power brawler. I, I see him ultimately getting taken down. Um, we've seen Jones fight a lot of guys who can hit harder than him, hit better than him, and when that happens, he puts them on the on their ass. Um. He can usually finish it with ground and pound elbows. I just see that. In any case, I see I see Santos getting tired. I picture just Jones whether it's by accumulation of ground and pound or he sinks in a choke. Um, it'll be a very gas-exhausted uh, Santos. He takes the life of his opponents. He just absolutely sucks their souls out of them. Call that man Shang Tsung because yeah, that's what he does and I expect the same here. Um, and I'm just going to say, I'm just going to recant your earlier point, Bob. No arguments from this guy. No questions about that guy's man. No asterisk. <laughs> all of it was fine. Some of all us. Of some of us
1: have the goat as gentleman GSP. Um, Henry Cejudo is not the goat. He, Henry Cejudo is the uh, greatest man of all time. That's what he is. Oh, I'm okay?
2: on board with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's something John John Jones. Don't Uh, take (laughs) that argument, man. (laughs) John Jones. John Jones is gonna just. uh,
1: He just folds the cards. He's like, nope, I'm I'm going home. (laughs) Co-main event. We got ourselves um, the greatest female fighter ever. No argument there. Amanda Nunes taking on Holly Holm, the former bantamweight champion, for the bantamweight title. Yes, bantamweight title. Honestly, could have gone either way. this betting line, Stefan, I feel, is might be a little infla I mean, what am I looking for here? A little exaggerated given what a man newness has done recently. maybe. Let's go with that word. Um, oh, you know, what is the you went line?
0: that direction with it? You went that direction with it. It is I minus mean, 325, Mark. Okay. yeah, three to one favorite
1: three to one. Um, I just think Holly home is really hard to beat. Quite frankly, I don't. She only has the one. loss. She's only been finished once, right? I mean, Cyborg couldn't put her down. Misha choked her. Right? Was that it, guys? Yeah. Help me out.
2: Fit that was it. round <laughs> in a Last fight that Holly was kind of winning. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I think Holly's a really tough matchup. I think this is going to be a little harder, quite frankly, uh, than the betting line suggests. But I think Amanda's going to beat like going to win like four rounds, probably. That's, I think Amanda's winning, but I don't think she's going to put her away. Stefan, what do you think?
0: Um, Yeah, you took that way with it. I was going to say I think Amanda's going to run away with it. I think Amanda's going to make it look easy. Um, I don't think Holly Holm has anything for Amanda. She shadow boxes, and she looks like she's sparring out there. That is not a threat to what Amanda has has in her hands. You remember when she absolutely starched Cyborg? Like, yeah, it's good. I Amanda's on a different level right now. Her her striking and power is just above anything currently in the division. It's gonna take someone like who's who's coming up. Is it Suarez? Is coming up? No, that's the other, other weight class. Yeah. There's nobody. Like, Honestly,
1: we all should have I hoped that ba- we should have hoped Valentina got that win in the second fight because that
0: was the thing. Is yeah. So like I I don't see anyone coming down the pipeline. Nunez is she's gonna be unchallenged for a bit to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of people thought Valentina beat her in that second fight. I wasn't one of those people. I remember we all came on the podcast. We were all, we all thought we had it three rounds for Amanda, even though there was a split. Um, but just for the sake of what's happening and how bad that weight class is too, we probably all should have hoped that, like, Valentina got one of those wins so we can at least have a matchup with them again. And, but fuck, they can do it anyway. Who cares? Chuck and Tito fought a third time. Um, Marcus, what do you think, man? How, I mean, we got Mike. Mike's got, um, Amanda as well. So what yeah. do you think?
2: Clean sweep? Yeah, I'm doing clean sweep, Bob, but I am on kind of your side of things where I think this is going to be this potentially could be a tough fight. This could be a tough out because of Holly Holm's style. And really, when you look at all of Holly Holm's fights and I agree with Steph on that, you know, a lot of times when you watch her fights, she doesn't have that tendency to really go after these girls, but she just controls the distance and the pacing of these fights. And they all come out to, to every Holly Holm fight turns into a Holly Holm fight where it's fighting at distance It's not, you know, and the only person that Misha had to dig deep with, you know, guts and tenacity that only she has, really, to pull something off crazy in the last round and get it done in that way. Because a lot of these fights, they just turn into these kind of point kickboxing matches. And, you know, Holly Holm doesn't always win those, but she's in control. She doesn't take a lot of damage, and she, she does fairly well. You know, she's not... I'm not going to say she's like an action fighter. I feel like what Amanda Nunes is really going to have to figure out is how she's going to get in that pocket consistently to land those big punches. And you know what? Maybe she just gets in there once, and like Steph's, and like I think like Steph's alluding to, she's going to be able to get in and out of that pocket fairly easily, put big damage on Holly, and put her in spaces and situations that she's not comfortable in. I, I just think it's going to be hard to do that. I haven't seen anyone do it before. But I never saw anyone just cream cyborg before either. And Amanda Nunes just walked through her like it was nothing. So she might Pot do the exact knife same thing. But through butter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and look at it, if she can just walk down cyborg, I don't think she's going to have a lot of intimidation against walking down Holly home with, like Steph says, and a lot of us alluded to, you know, a lot of times she doesn't throw punches with necessarily the intentions of landing and doing a lot of da- damage, but really with the intention of keeping my opponent. At this distance, keeping them away from me and letting me get my strikes off. And I'm going to end this punch combination where I'm throwing three punches that miss with a kick. That's going to kind of land on the end of the foot. And it's going to score some points with the judges. They're going to see me being active. They're going to see me controlling the octagon. And maybe I could steal some rounds. That's kind of how Holly's been, her whole career's kind of been. And Amanda Nunes might be the person to disrupt that. No one else really has. Even Cyborg, you know, that fight was really closely contested because even Cyborg was having issues getting in and and damaging Holly. Um, So I do think the outcome is still going to be the same. I think it might be a little bit more difficult than um, the line. Like, Bobby, I'm kind of with you. I think the lines might be a little bit off. But I, I also feel like an idiot having any doubts against what Amanda Nunes can do because I didn't think she was going to beat Cyborg and she made me look like a. I mean,
1: let me, let's just real quick. We can do some MMA math here. I'm looking at like Holly Holm lost to Cyborg. Amanda Nunes put her down in like a goddamn minute. Holly Holm um, lost to Shevchenko. Pretty fucking one-sided. Amanda found a way to get two wins. Holly Holm got choked out by Misha Tate. Amanda whooped that ass. Holly Holm Barely got a split decision over Raquel Pennington. I still don't think she won that. It's been like four or five years. Um, Amanda Nunes whooped Raquel Pennington's ass so badly. We were unhappy. We, the corner should have stopped it. If I remember correctly. So, shit, Stefan might be right. This might just be an execution. So, we'll see. Um, this fight here, I think we're gonna get a number one contender out of. Um, cause, uh, I think we were all working under the assumption that Kamara Usman was probably going to fight Colby Covington because God knows the UFC is not going to let Tyron Woodley n- near that belt, even if he defended it 500 times. Um, and their fight with Usman was close. It wasn't, and Co- Covington, quite frankly, was the interim champion for like a week, I think, before they took it from him. Um, turns out Covington's going to have to fight Robbie Lawler, so I think Kamara Usman's fighting the winner of this fight, Jorge Masvidal versus Ben Askren. Jorge Masvidal is coming off of. Uh, a couple wins here, guys. Uh, mm, okay, no. one. One win. One goddamn win. I think this okay. kind
2: of this is what I was going to say about your number one contender, Mike. We'll s- he has
1: to fight somebody. Who's Kamaru
2: Usman going to fight? Uh, we'll figure that out later. Um, ben Askren
1: on that one-fight UFC win streak. Uh, though, Stefan, pretty confident Ben Askren lost that fight, and then they just, you know, he had the cheat code on, got the win. Um, betting odds for this one. Ben Askren's like, minus what? I...
0: Minus 260, plus 220, two Um, Our boy Mike has taken Ben Ashgren. Stefan, what do you got? Oh, you know I'm riding the fucking... That's my last hope. That was my great Bellator hope. All my other Bellator guys busted, minus Eddie's little moment in the sun, which I did get right, because I'm very proud of that guy. Um, Though it's looking pretty bad. He's out in one, right? Then they announced a new fight for him. Anyways, I digress. You know I'm going with the funky one. Two, probably... You know, be really nervous, like, this whole fight. It's like... Man, it's hard to, to you, look uh, good
1: against... It's hard to look good against Masvidal, quite frankly. It's not go-
0: easy to look good against him, even if you beat him. Oh, it's... When does Ben Askren look good in a win, Bobby? <laughs> it's always a struggle with my man.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, like, seriously. Like, I'm trying to think, like, the only time I remember Ben... Like, Jorge just
0: getting, like... jorge fantastic stand... Or takedown defense. He's gonna piece the fuck up out of my guy. Jorge has so many losses by split decision. I'm just looking
1: at this. There's so many losses by split decision on this record. Um, he's been knocked out once, tapped out twice. One of those was Toby Amato, wasn't it, Marcus? Um, what do you uh, what do you got, brother? You, what do you think? You gonna? I mean, I know Ben Askren's one of your guys also, Mark. So I'm assuming you're
2: on Team Askren here. Um, it oh. is really hard. Masvidal's one of your guys too, though. I think. I mean, I like Tough. both these guys, and I mean, mostly what I was saying with you know Jorge not getting the shot. Just he's coming off, you know, in the last three fights he's one and two. You know, if, I think if he evens that out to two and two, I don't really know if we should be clamoring for him to get a title shot. Um, but I wouldn't be mad at it at all. If Jorge Masvidal gets a title shot, I'm very excited, especially depending on how he wins this fight, right? If he does win it. Um, it's a tough fight because it, Ben fights are always kind of tough when he fights a a very well-rounded fighter because but, uh, this guy's a one-trick pony. If he can't get you down, he's got nothing for your standing. And we saw it in the the Robbie Lawler fight like this guy can really, you know, he can get marked up. and. Did Robbie stuff one takedown and start whooping his ass? Like, how many takedowns did he even stop Stop before that half hour. I haven't watched it again, but, you know, I mean, Ben kind of won by the skin of his teeth in that one, you know, and it was even somewhat controversial, you know, if if Robbie was really out, we don't need to get back into that. So, I think this fight is really competitive. Um, I'd only pick Masvidal if Bobby's also going to pick Ben Askren, just to make it interesting. No, see, if you pick Masvidal, I was going to join you. I I, I honestly, like, I've I th- I kind of told Mike I'd pick one of the picks against him. And I'm leaning it's either this one for me or yeah, see, this think,
1: ridiculous Luke Rockhold fight. I think I we no all have in. a
2: couple where we're like, uh, if it's going one way, I might cause I might go Gill if everyone's going Arnold, but Oh, you're
1: you're the only one going Gil. I'm letting you know right <laughs> I'll now. Mean,
2: I'll do, I'll say <laughs> I'm it letting you know right then. now. <laughs> I'll save it for that, then I'll use I mean, it, it kind of like Stefan, like you pick Ben and it's like I don't feel confident because you, you, you easily see how this guy loses. He shoots in, it doesn't look good, he can't even get the legs of Mosfetal. And now he's in no man's land out on the outside where Masvidal pieces fuckers up on the outside. He will jab you to fucking death. If you can't get inside of him and get in a clinch or get a double leg, or I mean, really with Ben, it's like, just get an ankle. If he can just get a hold of some part of your foot, he'll probably take you down. But if he can't do that and he's on the outside trying to find an entry point with Mosvidal, that's a really bad place to be. I'll go with Ben. Um... Because I feel like if there's one thing this dude's good at, it's just like I have to withstand the punishment to get a hold of you. But once he gets a hold of you, you're kind of in a lot of trouble. And that's he's made a career out of being able to get a hold of a guy. So I'm going to go with Ben. But like Stefan, I don't have a lot of confidence. I could easily see Masvidal landing a couple of jabs and it's just ruining Ben's night. And him not looking particularly good because he didn't look great against Robbie. You know, he kind of, we won that fight, but it was very dicey.
1: Okay, if Mark's going to take Gilbert in a fight, I can happily do this. All right, I'm 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 going to put some logic behind my Ben and my uh Jorge Masvidal pick here. Um I'm going to think Robbie Lawler d- No, this didn't work either. I was going to say Robbie Lawler was at ATT with uh, Masvidal, but he left ATT. The whole the whole house of cards just crumbled. Um okay, honestly Jorge Masvidal is an excellent fighter. Um he is very hard to look good against and Pretty much all of his losses, you're just like, man, I don't know. Um, I think Ben Askren is going to get him down. Hopefully not for long. Um, I'm, I, You know what? Ben, uh, uh, Jorge Masvidal trains an American top team. Steve Mako is there. Steve Mako is Ben Askren's teammate on the Olympics. I don't know if that means anything. Fuck. I just like Jorge Masvidal. I, I really want Jorge Masvidal to fight for a belt. And you know what? Holly Holmes on Holly Holmes on a one fight win streak, and that fight was a year ago. <laughs>
2: Holly Holmes is like a one. it was?
1: one. Let me. I'm looking at the. Let me tell you the rankings here at this weight class, Mark. You tell me I'm crazy. Tyron Woodley's not getting a title shot. Kobe Covington's fighting Robbie Lawler. Rafael dos Anjos just fucking lost. Um, Masvidal, Ben Askren four and five. Oh, you're I- ranked number four. If you're ranked number four. I'm just saying, okay.
2: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying that he can't. Your other option shot. is
1: is if Anthony Pettis and Nate Diaz are fighting for a title shot.
2: My, just saying. M- my bigger concern is just how did he get that ranking? So high? that's a good. Honestly, who did he beat? Let's. He, I mean, he beat Till. He beat Till, but then he lost to Thompson and he lost to Maya before that. So I guess Till. I mean, what was he? Ranked? He beat cow. He beat Cowboys ass. He pretty handily. Cowboy. That one was kind of weird. because I was like, and "These guys are both just lightweight. Just fight a lightweight instead of welterweight." Look, it's not like he's completely uh, undeserving. That cost just, us. That cost us a bunch of money. Didn't it? <laughs> it, it, it's mostly for Jorge. It's just like his, his recent portfolio isn't the strongest in the world. He's one and two. That's the reality. He he beats Ben Askren. That's a huge fucking feather in the cap. So still, that's a big run. If they want to give it to him, I like I said, we're all Jorge Masvidal fans over here. This dude gets a well. Title you know what, Marcus? That uh... happy. That Stephen
1: Thompson loss was also it was super close. Yeah, no, no it was also November 2017. He just got back yeah. from like that reality show, fucking like was a thing. A He was on a re, he, was, he was on a reality show on Spanish language TV, Ugh. like good call, was, I'm sure he it was him it was like, it was like Mexican Survivor. It was like Mexican Survivor. I think he said he got like fourth. Um, and you know what? Jorge Masvidal went out and said, "I got the best sucker punch in the game." And a man being proud of that is enough for me to pick him and in a he fight. probably going to lose. Leon he Ed right right that night. Night. Oh, he did what he did to think. Was it the two the two piece and a biscuit <laughs> yeah. or two piece and a soda? Something like that? Yeah. Two piece um, and a biscuit makes more sense. That's how the did they book that fight? Just putting that out there. Yeah, I got Jorge Masvidal. I'll, I'll, I'll die on this one. Um, Luke Rockhold, Jan Blakowicz. You want to talk about a fight nobody's comfortable picking anybody in. Um, Oh, I'm comfortable. I'm just dumb. Mike is taking Luke Rockhold who is Stefan a slight favorite, right?
0: Yeah, but it's like why? <laughs> it's yeah, like, I'm, I... it's like what have you done in your recent history? You know what, I'm pretty confident.
1: I don't think I picked Jan Blockowitz to win fight 1 fight ever. I'm be straight with you. I don't think I've ever picked him to win. Um and I'm going to keep that going. I got Luke Rockhold
0: for no reason. Stefan. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'll make it easy. You are you guys are all taking Rockhold and I'm taking up Jan Wakowitz who's 36 year old. Because I'm <laughs> looking him up right now at this very moment. I got Google open. That's what I'm looking at because I'm not sure who I knew who this guy was. I've definitely thought of at least two other European guys as I was trying to figure out who this one was. Um, Yeah, there's nothing to be impressed. This is supposed to be a, a showcase fight for Rockhold's introduction. But I mean, you probably, know what? He, be- he yeah, beat our guy. Looks like Glass motherfucking Joe lately. So I just can't do it. I mean, he me beat- wrong, beat- handsome man. Prove me wrong. He beat our guy, Nikki. Cry Nicky, you eat a though.
1: Just saying, that's something, and a lot of losses. Maybe he lost to a lot of people. He's only Maybe got two
0: more than Luke Rockhold, Bobby. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: Marcus, this is joining the misery of rooting for, of, of picking Rockhold. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the the I mean, I think really, if you're you're picking against Luke, you're just kind of thinking the wheels are kind of off, right? And I don't, I don't even, you know, think that's necessarily, uh, you know, a hot take or like you're out of you know your mind or anything, but. You look at Luke Rockhold's record. His record doesn't really show that, right? We show a Bisbing match where you know I, I was, you know, I thought Luke was going to demolish Bizbing. He made a bad technical error. He did not respect Bisbing. He paid the ultimate price. And then his next loss is against uh, Romero, right? And that's, I mean, really, when you when you when you stack it up like that, are we really just going to say this guy's
1: done? He or? got dropped by David Branch, he, and he won that fight. I'm just saying he's got. Look, I'm not. I, I'm, I picked the man to win, but he's also—I didn't think the solution to the problems yeah. was fight but bigger I, people.
2: I, I agree with the general—I think the general consensus is in a lot. And I think the general consensus overall, not even of this group, is just an MA as a whole, is like everyone's writing off Luke, right? They're, for whatever reason, he didn't look great against David Branch. David Branch then went on to look even worse, right? Like, at first we thought, like, oh, maybe this guy's really tough. He, he was a World Series fighting champion— And now he doesn't look great. So it makes that struggle for him to get that fight look even worse, right? So people almost see that as a loss. Like he struggled against this guy that everyone's been demolishing. He's not the same guy he was before. Um, You know, and I don't know if 205 is going to be a better fit for Luke. um, But he was a really big 185, right? He had to cut a lot of weight. These are things that take into account. And I think one of the things we're talking about is like maybe he's a little chinny, right? He's getting hit. Maybe not even chinny. He's just getting hit a lot more. Um, I think when you look at Jan... Uh, wits and how I've always looked at this fighter—he's a very well-rounded guy, but he's not particularly great at any one, uh, you know, ass, you know, aspect of the fight game. Um, and this is going to be—I think this is a really good test for Luke. You know, I think Jan is the type of fighter that, if you move up to this weight class and you struggle against this guy, or this guy beats you, like, yeah, maybe it's time to think like maybe you weren't as quite as talented and you know as you know much of a prospect as we thought early on. Because I mean, it wasn't that long ago. This was the future of middleweight. This dude was the new face. I mean, very handsome face too, but talented, getting wins done, beating top guys, making it look easy. He, he walked through Chris Weidman. He walked through a lot of guys, and then he got dropped by Bisming. He didn't look good against Branch, and then he lost to Romero. And I think a lot of people are just taking those losses and being like, yeah, you know, he gets injured a lot too. You know, he's not a super active guy either. Um, yeah, I'm, Marcus, I was going to say,
1: I am surprised I've not seen him fight since last February. That's a long time. I Very thought
2: that 16, 16 months off. I really thought we'd see him sooner than that. I mean, was, was he injuries, hurt? And, though this is it's an AKA thing, right? All these guys, you know, and I maybe it's time to start looking at that gym and being like, yeah, these. Thr- well, he train. I thought he trains a lot of times with um, what's the name of the guy in Florida? Um, hoofed. Oh. Like he does a yeah, lot I of. Do- he's, yeah,
1: I think. He's I mean, honestly, around. he just you know, if you're gonna fight, if you're a clean fighter, man, you get hurt.
2: Yeah, I honestly mean, that's it too, right? You're not, you're not. I mean, up to, to if you're a clean injury. fighter,
1: you're going to get hurt, and you know maybe you're pushing yourself. And he, all, he was always honestly, he had an injury problem before he even started fighting a lot. I remember he fought for the strike force belt after not fighting for like two years. I think isn't it something like that? If you look up his record, like yeah, I,
0: I, he's always hurt. He's, he's had a bunch of, of knee injuries, and that's the thing that's concerning. You said he's getting hit more. These things are connected. The the knee injuries, his movements not a little. He just can't step back as much as he used to. Like the movement isn't there. So you're you're you know you're the whole thing that your brain knows what it wants to do, but the body doesn't do it. He's had a lot of injuries. It's not just being the kind of glass Joe. It's it's everything. And like Mark said, I'm kind of just it. It doesn't look good. It's like I forget who it was like, who had a back injury. Oh, um uh garbrandt right okay. garbrandt no garbrandt like mm-hmm. when you start talking about back injuries especially a dude that young it's hard to come back from those things yeah. and injuries we say about garbrandt mobility sure yeah. absolutely
1: um okay so we're all throwing it i mean mark's gonna lay down in the gilbert fight so stefan going blockowitz in this one um when i was talking to mike earlier for a hot minute he's like Am I going to talk myself into Diego Sanchez in this one? He did not. Diego Sanchez versus Michael Chiesa. Um, staff the betting line in this one.
0: I think you're muted, brother. Yeah. He's still looking for it. There's no line on it. No, this, sorry. You- I have like a lot of windows open. I was tra- trouble clicking. Anyways, um, Diego Sanchez is a pretty big underdog at plus two hundred and sixty to Michael Chiesa's minus three hundred and twenty, getting the putting- M- Nunes level odds. I,
1: I swear, honestly, B, I'm looking at Diego Sanchez's Wikipedia page. This picture is pre-BJ Penn opening up the forehead. Like, it's, look at that photo. This is like BJ, I mean, this is like Diego when he's like 25. Um, did not know at one point his nickname was Corazon de Leon. That's some Jericho shit right there. Um, Diego Sanchez is coming off of two wins at this weight class. Craig White and Mickey Gall, who I don't know where Mickey Gall is. Apparently this fight was in March. So I don't even remember it happening. Uh, Michael Chiesa made his uh, made his uh, welterweight debut by kind of like confirming what we all thought about Carlos Condit kind of being done. I think would be the best assessment of that. Um, the takeaway after that fight honestly wasn't really about Chiesa. I think most people going in were like, "Well, if Carlos Condit is still Carlos Condit, he should be able to beat this kid."
0: No, was Carlos. You guys. Really, uh, that was not me.
1: Uh, Carlos, let Car- I me mean, know. Carlos Condit didn't have it. Didn't it wasn't Carlos Condit anymore? Got beat with the one arm Kimura. Um, I got Chiesa. It's, I'm not picking Diego Sanchez at this point. I just... I'm not even comfortable with Diego Sanchez fighting still.
0: So, yeah. I'm going Chiesa. Stefan? Bobby, your uh, whole spiel went long enough to give me time to kind of take another peek at Chiesa's Wikipedia. Because had you gone to me much sooner, I was going to fucking pick Diego Sanchez. I had so nearly talked myself into it. That dude is outworking people in 2019 still, and he's finding wins. When I'm expecting him like to just completely collapse, um, Michael Chiesa loses, but he doesn't lose just because you outworked him. Uh, he loses because you're better than him at something like he lost to an up-and-coming Kevin Lee, and he lost to what apparently, when he, in hindsight, was the rebirth of Anthony Pettis. So those aren't bad, and they were just better than him at things. Far more athletic. Much more technical strikers. Diego can outwork you if you're if you're not well rounded, but Kiesa's pretty well rounded, so I got the shockingly big favorite. You know, like when
1: Kiesa loses though, he has like a lot of excuses. So that's what I look forward oh, to. Yeah, he is not loses. a good he
0: does not handle. <laughs> if Ross he somehow well.
1: loses, it's fine. I almost want him to lose just for like, man, the excuses will be good. Um Steph, I mean Steph, you got Kiesa, I got Kiesa, Mike's got Kiesa, Marcus. I'm imagining clean sweep here.
2: Yeah, and you know, it, it kind of sucks. I, I hate picking these fights where it's just I'm just discrediting one guy like I'm picking against Diego I'm not really picking for Chiesa I'm not even really assessing like how these guys are gonna match up you know the height of Chiesa how he uses his hands you know the grappling regiment of Diego Sanchez it's really just Diego's 37 and a couple years ago I kind of thought he was like yeah maybe it's time for him to hang it up I mean granted dude's got a couple wins he moved to a new weight division where you know it, he lost his first fight against Matt Brown, but has corrected ship and, you know, beat a guy we know in Mickey, Mickey Gall. And now he's fighting another, this is another fight, which it's surprising. We didn't see it in light. Wait, they never fought before, right? Is that correct? I would not I be shocked. I look down these guys. I, I, yeah. Honestly, at this point with Diego, like, they slipped a fight in there.
1: Uh, has, has Diego fought everybody only once besides me? Did he, I mean, that's impressive about Diego, honestly, given the number
2: of fights. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. So I really hate to just like, I'm picking against a guy instead of for another guy. Um... And look, I, I think the line might be a little uh, skewed here because I think Diego, he carries heavy hands. He's really good on the ground, but so is Chiesa, right? Um, and Kiesa's not a slouch standing. I don't think Chiesa has a lot of like knockout power, but he's technical, he's long, and he knows how to use his, his distance fairly well. Um, so I think Kiesa just being a little bit younger is going to be able to maybe hold a tempo that maybe Diego can't. But even that sounds... When I'm saying those words coming out of my mouth, I feel like an idiot I'm saying Diego's not going to be able to like match the tempo with somebody. That's all this fucking guy does does is match tempo. But he's also 37. He's had a lot of wars. Um, so I'm really just banking on it against him, which I think is really shitty. I don't like doing that. And if Diego comes out and you know smashes Michael Kessa, I, I gladly eat these words up. You know, th- these are the kind of picks I, I I would happily be wrong on. Right? If I discount somebody and he proves me that I'm an idiot, I don't know what I'm talking about because I should never discount uh, Diego Sanchez. Hey, I'm all for that. I'll gladly take that L. Um, But I'm just playing the numbers game kind of because, like we mentioned before, I'm going to take a big swing on this next one. And, you know, you got to kind of pick and choose which which ones you're going to take the the risk on. So I'm going to go with Michael as well. Stefan, I actually remember when you and
1: I started having the, man, maybe Diego should stop doing this. Um, It was when him and Martin Campman fought and Diego got a decision he didn't deserve but looked like he was in a car accident. Um, His face was just a bloody mess. And I remember telling you hey, Diego should probably stop. This isn't going to end well. March 2011. March well, 2011. The, that the thing that was is, so
0: long ago. <laughs> it's not about wins and losses with Diego. I don't care that he—he's taken way too many shots. I've seen him beat the fuck up. Too well, many. You know times. what? I mean, I was looking it's, for it's, an excuse to bring it's this fight up. Fight mileage. It's just fight mileage, and it's for his own health. I can't tell a man what to do with their life, but. I know he's got family, and I know he's got loved ones. What did Keanu say happens to us when we die? Those who loved us miss us. And, you know, Diego's a very gregarious guy. He's got a lot of loved ones, I'm sure. I'd like him to have a quality of life when he's older. That's all I'm saying.
1: Um, I was actually looking for an excuse to bring this up real quickly. Um, I know you guys aren't watching this show right now, um, but this Dana White um, looking for a fight, whatever the fuck it's called. You got it. Um, no, it's not called that. Tuesday oh, night contender uh, series. Um, there was this kid on there, Brendan, uh, Loughnane, Loughnane. I can't say his name. But the long and short of it is the kid was putting on a real great performance. And in the last minute, with himself up, he shot for a takedown. He'd won all the other fights. He won the whole fight. And everybody's like, man, this kid looks good. UFC should offer him a thing. And Dana didn't offer him shit because. With a minute, he's like, minute left, you have a chance to impress, you shoot for a takedown. Because, you know what? A fighter who fights smart doesn't get to fight like 25 times in the UFC like Diego Sanchez does. Motherfucker who's out there treating this like rock'em sock'em robots is going to fight in the UFC until he dies out there. Yeah, That's what they want.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Of
0: course
1: Great. God forbid we get a motherfucker who's young and is fighting smart and all that shit. Like, um,. By the way, I need someone to explain what this UFC Apex shit is to us. Uh, my understanding is they do the, they do the contender se- they do the contender series there now. Okay. I I think they were leasing that warehouse that was tough before. I think they own this one. That's all what right. I got out of this. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah. Diego, Jesus. Um. All right, Mark. Gilbert Melendez is taking on Arnold Allen. Gilbert Melendez is a plus. What three hundred? Stefan, maybe. What is Diego? What is uh Gilbert?
0: Gilbert is a big old... This is the uncomfortable line of the card for me. And that is Gilbert at plus 325 to Arnold. you got to be kidding me. Minus 400, Allen. You know what? We're going to give Arnold Allen some fucking credit here, Stefan.
1: Because Arnold Allen is 14 and goddamn one. He is one, two, three, four, five in a row. 5 win- five and 0 in the UFC. He has got 7 wins in a row. Um, I granted he beat a bunch of people who, you know... You couldn't pick out of a fucking lineup, um, but man, Gilbert's lost so many fights. It's like
2: five. <laughs> He's lost five of it's six. Four? Or f- no, it's four. I'm sorry. F- uh, to be clear, four. that is his entire UFC run is five of
1: six. The only win was Diego Sanchez. When Diego hit him with that uppercut, I remember during that fight, and we all thought, I believe Mark's words were, oh my God, Gilbert might lose to Diego. Okay? <laughs> that was six years ago. That's his only UFC win. Um, he hasn't fought in two years. And honestly, um, he's really I mean, step back, letting his wife really be the focal point. Um, her career's really moving on up in Bellator. But man, they still pay Gilbert a lot of money. I get it. He signed that big contract after the um Bellator came after him. Go get paid. But I this isn't gonna go well. I think Gilbert's definitely losing. <laughs> step on? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean the issue with Arnold and why I'm uncomfortable is um, he's a great prospect. He's an interesting personality. He's got a great looking record. Um, that's why we like him. But we've watched his fights, and he's he's been losing some of his fights. Um, he's not an infallible. He's he's not an infallible prospect, right? Um, he's You've Arnold never really, seen him lose. We we haven't seen it, but we we've, we've seen him show. You know, he had to snatch victory. I forget who it was, but that late submission he got. Like he absolutely lost that fight. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that every, guy. Every moment up to the, up to the point we won. But that said, you'd love to see that in a prospect, right? Why? Why does what does Mark always say about Tony Ferguson? A guy who just does not want to lose. Who even when he's down and out, even when he's been losing the whole fight, can pull out a victory. That's a really rare quality. So that's why we like the kid. Um, I'm nervous just because it's way too big of a line for me to be comfortable with. That said, Gilbert is fucking washed. I, I love the guy. I, I root for his wife. He's a local dude. It's nothing personal. We like him, but as a fighter, I think he's washed. Um, before
1: we go back to Marcus here for his pick on when he picks, you know, Gilbert. This is Arnold Allen's first fight in the United States. Um, my under, I think he needs to recognize the opportunity that's ahead of him because I, I will bet you dollars to donuts that Dana White doesn't know who the fuck he is, and he's five and zero in this organization. He goes out there and beats a former world champion on e- And this is on ESPN, I think. This, pre- the prelims. Anybody got MMA junkie up to figure this shit out? Uh, I'll figure it out What we're talking. Exactly. I mean, it's probably on ESPN, right? Like, I mean, this is a huge opportunity for him. Yes, this is the ESPN. main event of ESPN. Um, he needs to recognize what's in front of him here because there's a real opportunity for like two, three million, two million people to see this man win a fight on the biggest cable network in this country. So that I mean, I don't, that might play a factor in here, pressure and all that. Maybe he doesn't realize it, but it's a big deal, Marcus. Uh, your boy Gilbert,
2: ride or die, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I kind of just assumed Gil got a win in here somewhere. So when I saw his record, I was like, oh no! <laughs> like I was like, eh. and also just seeing how close our line is too I was like I'm not that far behind to be making really dumb picks. And this is a dumb one. Hey, we all got one. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. is You guys all picked one, so I'll pick a dumb one. I mean, look, okay, this is the dumbest one because I, I don't have a lot of faith that Gilbert's going to get this You know what? Mike didn't pick shit. You can stay if you want, man. <laughs> no, I'll do it. Just because I, I, I don't like to... I mean, maybe... In some cases, maybe it's all right that we have all of us as one of them. But um, I'll pick Gil just, just for giggles. Um, I mean, I agree with you know the vast majority of what you guys have kind of broken down. I, I think it's kind of a long shot at this point. Um, I mean, some of the things I can I can do to psych myself up is just look at who he's lost to and be like, oh, these are all really top uh, you know top tier guys, and and Gilbert's basically been fighting top top tier guys for the vast majority of his career. It did not take him long to start running into. Really quality guys. Uh, even when it was back in Shuto and he's fighting uh, Sato and stuff like that, um, you know, he's he's really fought the cream of the crop. And recently, it just has not been going his way at all. And it's not even that he's just losing fights; he just hasn't looked like himself in a long time. The only fight that he really looked like himself was that Diego Sanchez fight, where he he really made it a drag out, beat up fight, and that's kind of where he's done his best. But you know, he didn't look that great against uh, Eddie he's been trying to utilize wrestling to kind of stall people and that's not that's not the type of fighter where he really had success. He had a success when he was going out there and just trying to beat these guys down. You know, that was beating them down on the feet, getting them to the ground and smashing them there as well. And he just that hasn't come together. Can he can he make it happen against Arnold Allen? It seems kind of unlikely on paper, right? I mean, the I mean, Marcus, you only... <laughs> Marcus, you were at his uh, last strike force win against Josh
1: Thompson. And a lot of people didn't think he won that one. He hasn't like that might have been the beginning of this, man. Gilbert's not young, and he's had a lot of fights. Yeah, he had a little, <laughs> lot of
2: mileage, and when he finally came to the UFC, it kind of seemed like his better days were past him. It's really hard to think that he's going to have a big shift in his career at 37 with all the mileage that he has because you know, in a lot of ways, I look at him just like Diego Sanchez. These are guys that have really gone out and given the fans all they had to give, and there's just not a lot more to give at this point. Where we look at Arnold Allen and yeah, he hasn't fought in a lot of top name guys. In one of his fights, he definitely struggled, but you know, grit down and got it done. Um, it's hard to think that a slower Gilbert who, you know, has all these mileage on him is gonna be able to take out a young buck. But we don't know. You know, maybe he's gonna be able to utilize the wrestling, maybe he's gonna be able to wear Arnold down um, you know, there's some ways that maybe he could be proficient and get some rounds and wear the young buck down and maybe try to put some damage on late in the fight. It just doesn't seem super likely. I think the smart money is on uh, Arnold, but you know, I'm gonna roll with my boy. You know, I made some dumb decisions. I probably picked him in all these fights where he lost. Maybe not against Eddie, but you know, I've rolled with him a lot. <laughs> he's not been helping my record. I don't think he's gonna win. I think it's a long shot for him to be successful in this fight. But let's see. I'm rooting for it. You know, I'm a dreamer. I want to see. Gilbert look like the old Gilbert and you know maybe make a a last minute last second career U-turn where he starts getting on the winning track but we'll see. Um we kind of lost we lost Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Chito
1: Vera kind of bummed out, Matt, quite frankly. I like watching Sean O'Malley fight. Um his strategy of hands down, head movement all the time will surely end in disaster one day, but I was looking forward to seeing this matchup cuz Chito Vera is not a bum at all. Uh, would have been fun matchup. Didn't uh, O'Malley
0: get suspended for like some type of bad anabolic?
1: Oh, got something, and he had a supplement that had some weird shit in it, and then he had trace amounts of it. He's like that was so low, of, right? Yeah, basically it was so low that it would have had to been from like that time ago, I guess. Some picogram. And and and, and you yeah. was fine with it, but Nevada's like, nah, man, we can't have this psycho Bob looking fight. The fuck, fight for us. That's basically what happened. He kind of got double jeopardy here. Kind of bullshit. For being
0: honest with ourselves here, but don't lucky Bobby, know. I like Picograms it. is just the new TRT. There's yeah, something that just in the cycle. And what's the term I use to get me off the hook?
1: Yeah, they should probably have, um, I don't know, collectively bargained before they signed on to do all these drug tests. But what do you know? We're here now, and everybody's doing the drug. Everybody signed up for this. Claudia Gadelia, Randa Marcos, uh, Sanchez, as he told me over the phone. Hey, man, some of these people are just my people. And Claudia is one of my people, so he got Claudia. Claudia is what two to one, Steph favorite. You're muted, brother.
0: You're still muted. Yeah, there You're it is. I'm oh, sorry. I'll say so someone tell me am I muted? Uh, minus two thirty five to G- Claudia, two to one. Uh, I think everybody
1: recognizes on uh, listening to this podcast recognizes how much me and stuff on like random Marcos and pick her to win fights, and I definitely picked her to beat Angela Hill. A couple months ago. Um I don't think I was alone there. One of one of you might have joined me there. But uh this is a whole other level. While I recognize Claudia's maybe not as good as she was before, and it looks like she might have taken the gas off the their foot off the gas pedal a little bit recently. Um this is a little this is a bit much, I think, quite frankly. Um I gotta go with Claudia here. I gotta join Mike here.
2: Mark. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think uh Randa Marcos. I mean, the last she's she's had some fights where she's looked good, right? I, I think the um, where she beat Carla, she looked good. Where she beat a- Angela Hill, that last fight, I think she looked really good. Um, but there's also fights where she just can't get it done. And when you're fighting, in- very inconsistent, quite frankly, would yeah. you say? Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, she was you know she was flirting with being a 500 fighter, right? When she lost to Nina, she was eight and six, and then she had a draw. You know, she's nine six and one. The record. I think kind of speaks to the inconsistency like you were talking about, or as Claudia. And I think the problem with Claudia is that the shines come off a little bit recently. And it's kind of hard for me when I get in these mindsets of where I kind of slot these fighters and I've slotted Claudia as always the bridesmaid, never the bride for this division. When it comes to Joanna, and now maybe it's not even that maybe she's a few steps behind that even you know because we saw her against um you know just in losing to jessica Andrade, the, the champion not a big um you know takeaway there and nina ansaroff is also a very high quality opponent so i'm not going to take a lot here so i'm going with claudia um i just don't i'm trying to peg her down a little bit lower than i had her before where it was basically only uh joanna champion can beat her now it's Maybe the cream of the crop can get a win over her. I don't think Rhonda's there.
1: Yeah, um, Stefan, you think our girl Randa got this one? Because uh, I think it's a tough matchup.
0: In the uh, words of the dad from us, y'all want to get crazy? Then we can get crazy because, Mike, Randa is my people, and I'm going to do it. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. God bless Randa. you, Stefan. I couldn't do it. Fucking love Randa. Um, that thing she said about like this woman trying to talk shit to me, like I grew up with bombs falling around me. Like she wants me to be scared of her. Like I you know, what just, you can say you can you can say without question, man.
1: One of them's getting better, the other one's not getting better, and Randa's the one getting better.
0: Respect for my ladies. It should be fun either way. They're gonna grapple the hell out of each other.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Maybe Randa can get, uh, get Claudia to burn out a little bit here. She's, uh, when someone looks like they're not, you know, I don't want to say she's not training as hard, but her, like, leaving her gym and being on, like, training by her own herself sometimes, that whole shit, that's, like, a real, like, I don't know. You know? I don't know if I like that. Um, man, you gotta think about these guys fighting on the Fight Pass prelims are just like, man, like, the options between nobody watching my fight and everybody watching my fight (laughs) is so close. (laughs) Cause... Real? Why would anybody pay for Fight Pass at this point? You got to be a real big fucking Eddie Bravo Invitational nerd to order the to pay for Fight Pass. Um. All right. Um. That's it for this card. Um. I mean, I I would say there's some breaking news. We really don't got any. Motherfuckers are kicking bottle caps off. That's the hot shit in MMA this week. That's
2: Cool. <laughs> I, I saw
1: Max do it. I yeah. saw Connor do it. Oh, I saw, oh. So Connor uh, was like, no, no, no. I didn't. No, that. Jason, Jason Statham. I guess challenged Conor maybe I don't know that's what I guess happened and then Conor challenged Floyd Mayweather. Conor managed to plug his whiskey in the middle of it too. Oh, Apparently, the bottle off. He hit the cap off the whiskey, right? No, he he. The whiskey's his whiskey's got one of those cork tops. Oh fuck really that take. shit! This guy's a well, <laughs> get him out of here. Well, you I mean you can't I mean you can't really pull you can't really take the
2: cap off with a kick there. Well, you can't um, getting get a cork off. Yeah, it's a cork. What do you want to do? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Who does a fucking hard a with cork? What do you wine? Get out of here! You're you're I mean, you're cheap. Irish mo- 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 most, Stop most trying to make you feel malt. like I'm buying something. I'm not.
1: Well, most. I mean, it's not most single malts are. I mean, this is a single. Yeah, malt. I was it's pulling trash. that out of my ass. Is, to this, I'm gonna say this is. I'm gonna say this is trash. Jameson equivalent, but you know, is Jameson equivalent
2: to corked is highfalutin.
1: Hi, God, I love you, Mark. Hi, like, oh, <laughs> That's what I was. Fancy, I was like
2: looking, a bottled wine. It's like Conrad this is Conrad. what I
1: was looking for. I've known Mark my whole life, and I swear to God, like if I didn't, I would think he was fucking just born at this goddamn age. Um, okay, um, stuff we like. Um, I guess I'll. Uh, I go first here. Um, real quick. Um, so I've talked about this guy's podcast a lot. This guy named Conrad Thompson does all the wrestling podcasts. And he started one with Jim Ross, and quite frankly, it is the best one easily because JR doesn't give a fuck. Jim Ross, people don't give a shit. Is the greatest pro wrestling announcer that ever was. Um, on the other shows, this guy does where he does a lot of wrestling history. The people he talks to, Eric Bischoff, uh, Bruce Prichard, they're kind of defensive about stuff they were involved with. So they'll be like, "No, this is bo- that's not true. It wasn't like that." JR will just tell you like it is. So like. They'll say stuff like, hey, um, the word is that uh, after Stuart Scott died, they, uh, Vince McMahon decided he wanted to have a black person doing commentary on all their, all their shows. And then they'll say, JR, the guy will ask, ask JR and say, JR, was that the case? And then JR will be like, yeah, man, that's what happened. Like, I was at Costco when I heard that, listening to that on my headphones. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, we're just we're just putting it out there. Okay, we're not even... <laughs> we're just- All the businesses in the streets. It's honestly a really good show. I was listening to him talk about the time that they did a draft on TV, and they didn't tell JR beforehand that they were going to draft him to the other show. So that right there on live TV, because Vince McMahon is a fucking sociopath, they just fucked with him. And, like, he talked about how hurt he was and all that shit. And I'm like, man, this guy doesn't have any... I guess you just reach, reach a certain age and you just don't give a fuck anymore. And JR's at that age. And that's a really good podcast. It's called um Grillin' JR. like the name, quite frankly. Uh, and it's like they have sponsors. And it's still funny to me that JR is like, you know, hyping up a dick pill. It's one of the sponsors. It's, it makes me laugh.
2: Bobby, <laughs> it's maybe one of the saddest things that like. It seems like higher profile celebrities are starting to get like into the podcast game, <laughs> and it's just fucking sad to have like, oh, I'm Conan O'Brien and uh, Mac Weldon will really make your junk not stick. It's just like you well, got to you know, this. You don't need to be I doing mean, these dumb ads for for uh, Squarespace. You got to you got to you got to
1: pay for the podcast. You got to get that's how you make money on these. God knows we're not making a dime. Oh, no, no, we had sponsors. That would, would give my
2: leg to be you know, tripping some Squarespace or Mac Weldon underwear about Michael I mean, it's better than you got to go like,
1: you know, suck serious XM's dick
2: to get a radio show. You just, you know, do just, it yourself, man. Weird, Cause I think isn't Obama's going to, he's getting a podcast, right? He doesn't have to do ad on his, right. If, if Obama, Obama I can't wait to start shilling for <laughs> fucking like Lisa mattresses or some shit. I'm be like, I can't, you can't do that. No, you're Obama. You don't do that. You, you know what, Marcus, you got to appreciate. So like, a uh, a couple weeks ago,
1: Jericho had that big podcast he did with, um, the former Dean Ambrose, sure. and there was a bunch of ads for he did for um, fucking what's the name of the company you buy like meat for people? Omaha, Omaha, okay. Omaha steaks. So like, now it's kind of a meme because all the wrestling fans are just like, God, Jericho, Jericho convinced me to buy so many fucking
2: steaks just for that podcast. You do what you got to do. Right. Um, it humanizes it's all- these guys, but sometimes like for Austin, like y- used no, to be love- something for me. Now when I know you're in the grocery <laughs> store looking at like twelve different. Is this two ply paper towels? Oh, or one that's the best like, part. No, you're mostly better than this, Austin. No, no, no. On the no, ranch, no. you have an assistant. Probably how I imagine. I don't see E40 at the grocery store buying big uh, buying booze. He has an assistant. All these people have assistants. So I don't want to. You that, realize? Mark, you realize? Mark, Mark I...
0: that is the worst example possible because I've seen E. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I literally saw it. that. That's why I use that example. We've <laughs> talked We've
2: seen the E40 at the grocery store, and it's like, dude. Give me $30. I'll get you $25 of booze. I'll be your assistant. You need a lackey. Let me just Put hang out at your house. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Guys, we're going to do the next podcast from E40's house. He's near my parents. We can do this for hey, you. If we
2: had him, we'd probably get some sponsors.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. We get some weed company to sponsor us. Um, and then the other thing is real. we do a real quick review of Fighter Fest. Stefan caught um, most, most of, of the, the, the relevant parts. Most of the relevant parts. Overall, just give you an overall review. I enjoyed the show. I thought it was fairly solid. I thought the pre-show was trash. As um, much as it pained me to see, the Michael Nakazawa part was horrible. That match was not his fault, really. That was terrible. It was the other guy's fault.
0: Um, but uh, He did one good move, and it's because it's the only thing I've seen from it. Oh, the, sl- the slide He uh, So, Mark, uh, his gimmick is that uh, he's that Street Fighter guy who greases himself up. Mm, okay. uh, so he poured yeah, he a bunch of oil on the dude's belly. And then he goes in like he's gonna do a stomp on the belly, okay. but then he does it. But then he slips and falls into like a back centon slash.
2: Oh, okay. That was, it was that was cool.
0: Cause...
1: He slides. Uh, what was the? then like you didn't watch the match, but there was like they instead of thumbtacks, the guy busted out some. I didn't understand the reference, but he like instead of th- it wasn't Legos, but they did some shit for like to drop a guy on, hit him with a game controller, all sorts of shit. Anyway, not good. Um, from the main card, I um I love MJF. MJF is such a good heel. Uh, he just shit on the video game crowd that was there. Because, you know, that's what he would do. Calling everybody virgins and losers and stuff. It's cheap heat, but you do what you gotta do. And he did it well. Um, I thought uh, Darby Allin has a death wish. So that was interesting to see. Um, Jimmy Havoc hit a guy with an uppercut and yelled Horo Um, Which I saw some of the crowd got it. Most didn't. Um... And the Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks coming out dressed like uh, Ken, R- uh, Ryu, and a half-assed um, um, Akuma. I had to say half-assed because Stefan was a little offended by Kenny didn't go full bore with it. Um, literally
0: half his top half.
1: And then um, Joey Janela and John Moxley managed to have a match that was exactly twenty minutes long, not one second one way or the other. <laughs> That's an art. Yeah, honestly I didn't need to see a man who have thumbtacks going to his heel. That was the part where I'm like, Oh, the heel. Oh, that was You one can't hurt. fake the heel, but you can't fake the heel, man. The heels that heel, man. That's whew. you ask the ladies about heels, man. Getting a spike in there. That's that's some sensitive area. Um it was a good show. Um I honestly just like that John Moxley's having such a good time. But wasn't as good as double or nothing. Decent show though. Um Stefan, what do you got this week?
0: Uh yeah, uh, I saw two movies, um, positive glowing reviews for the both of them, so we'll start with the uh, really late one, finally saw John Wick 3.
2: Oh, yeah. Now,
0: this has been a goddamn odyssey, man. Yeah. This is like a six, know, it's like a, over six is, weeks uh, Stefan like, saw all these movies. This has been my one month journey to catch up on a movie series that began in 2014, but um, man, did John Wick 3, it pumped it up. Uh, you guys were being very polite you were you weren't dropping spoilers in front of me. I appreciated it um fucking loved Mark DeCaskis. uh that guy goes back to my childhood. the dudes from the raid this is this was just the most fun like fight choreography of all three. I'd say um really, really fun. It was like a fucking video game. I get it. I get why this series is so damn special. why we're in the middle of kiana uh good shit um, and then I with the
2: family, I had a chance to catch Toy Story four nice um. Did you see it, Mark? I was confused no. at where we were. I just conference. feel if you didn't see it for another week and we saw two movies, I'd be like, there's something wrong. One of us needs to see this stupid movie. Okay, that's not I, I hear. It's really more. good.
0: We all saw movies that uh, happened. Um, uh, Mike wasn't here, but I was going to tell him because he since he saw that movie, Anna, uh, right. there's a channel I was watching I just thought it was really funny. Uh, she was doing the movie math of the big box offices, and the summary was like, Toy Story at one, Aladdin still holds at two, and a movie named Anna came out. It wasn't even worthy of mention because of how little money it made. Um, But yeah, Toy Story 4, um, I believe Mike was of the stance that Toy Story 3, maybe both of you were in agreement. Yeah, I didn't need a fourth one necessarily. 3 was a perfect ending. Um, It absolutely didn't need another chapter. We had gotten pretty much good closure with all the characters. Um, And for the most part... I 100% agree. That said, um, four is perfectly fine. It's another part of closure. Now, if you make another, if you make a Toy Story five, you motherfuckers, how dare you? Like, I didn't need more, but the more you gave me, fine, that's acceptable. It's how I felt about the Aladdin remake. No harm, no foul. Plenty of enjoyable stuff. Uh, Keanu's character in this movie is again, can't stop mentioning this guy. His character absolutely steals all of his scenes um, for me um as a new toy that he's introduced as uh it's, it's wonderful great cameos still really hilarious toy story is without a doubt their strongest of all their franchises that's had sequels not a one of them is bad they're all good um unnecessary maybe this fourth one but it was still good uh you know if you like I'm with you Mark uh if you see more movies this one definitely deserves to be on the list all Right. i i i'm probably not going to see it but it deserves to be seen deserves to be seen you'll get it for one week on netflix before disney
2: launches i mean um, we're gonna see spider-man so i was telling christine because like this weekend christine was like oh yeah we didn't see any of the movies you mentioned because i mentioned child's play but that did the ratings were so bad i was like, "I don't need to see that live." and i was like yeah we didn't see toy Story." We're probably i'll probably get it on blu He's like well there's still time to see it if i will go he's like no it's if i was gonna see it it would have been last week and it did happen and i wasn't pushing it because kind of like you it's just one of those things like i don't there was no urgency for me to see it. It's just like I know I heard it was really good, and that made me want to see it more. It's like okay, this is quality, but it's just like one of those things. Like the story wrapped up so nicely, I don't need more at all. Like if I never saw four, I'd be perfectly content. Um, but I do want to check it out just because I heard it's good, and you know, I and I do want to see Keanu in it because I mean, it seems like it. That's that's a new wrinkle that makes me a little more. Keanu's
0: really good. Keanu and Peele, who they kind of showed in the trailers, they're fantastic. Um, it's so one thing I can really appreciate. The funniest parts of the movie are not in the trailer, and that's what you always want in a movie that makes you laugh. You want to have genuine new surprises and new laughs. And Toy Story had a bunch of them. I it was very. I did not expect to laugh as much as I did, so really good time. Awesome. Um, let's go to
1: Mark now with what he's got this week. I'm just gonna put this out there for everybody. If we if if you want to know if you guys want to all tweet Mike, he's at yo Hapo, i think on twitter god willing i get this right um you know what there's a link to it on itsmamazing.com. if you guys want to tweet mike to tell him to see spider-man we will be talking about spider-man next week on this show that's true but if you if you really don't want us to <laughs> <laughs> discourage him. i guess to discourage him
2: because that's what the podcast is going to be about at least the second half of it next week um but yeah marcus what do you got this week yeah not a super heavy week there's There's not any new games coming out this week that I'm particularly interested in. The only big one is probably an expansion for Final Fantasy XIV, a very popular and very well-regarded MMORPG, just not my style. So not really a lot I'm looking forward to this week. But I did wrap up Days Gone. I rolled credits on it yesterday, and that was a really fun experience. And then last week, um, I mentioned a whole bunch of games I ended up picking up, but I've only really sunk in a lot of time into one, um, and that is The Sinking City. And of the games I mentioned last week, this is the one that I couldn't really strongly recommend just anyone to play. If you are really into Love Lovecraft, if you're into kind of mystery noir type of games, you're kind of solving little mysteries. You're you're on the right path to maybe check sun- out the sunken game. city. The sun. I'm sorry, it's the sinking city. The, the, the sinking, sinking city. city. This is for what. Uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. It did not come out on Switch, which we talked about last week. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, and really, yeah. all I want to say about that game is that um, it is from a... Basically, a, a small indie studio. And this is kind of their first crack at, like, a retail full-price game. And I can't really recommend paying $60 for this game if you can't get it at a discount which t- i I'm, I'm part of that best buy gamers club so i get 20 percent off and i've been i'm re- i've been really interested in this game for a long time so it was i was willing to to put the money down but i think if you only have a a passing interest in lovecraft or these kind of games where you're kind of doing more detective work than anything else um i would definitely maybe hold off and waiting till a price drop because it, it's it's There's jank. There's a lot of jank in this game. It's an open-world game. There's a lot of graphical issues. There's NPCs popping in. There's a lot of things where if those little technical aspects draw you out of the game, this game is going to have those, and it's going to draw you out. But me and my wife, Christine, have been extremely intrigued just because the story is so well-written. The voice acting has been really well. And like I said, Christine's super into Lovecraft. I've been getting more and more intrigued and, it, and this this game does a really good job of presenting kind of a mystery in front of you and slowly unveiling interesting aspects of it. And I think the investiga- investigation mechanics they have is actually really interesting. The combat, I don't think, is particularly well done, um, but it is a core aspect of the game and kind of how they get you to feel tension and fear as they do have these Lovecraftian monsters that you are shooting at and basically doing kind of like third-person action against it. Very rudimentary there. Um, but I just want to say, like, there's something interesting there. And if you need another hot take on it, um, Jim Sterling, who is, you know, one of these YouTube celebrities, he was over at Destructoid when I was a big fan of theirs. Um, He is very abrasive with his criticism. He does not hold back any punches. And he basically, the title of the video that he talks about, The Sinking City, is uh, this is the worst game that I like. And there's a lot of things in this game that you can point at and be like, this is not good. There's technical aspects that need to be you know, tightened up, and maybe patches will help some of these things. But there's something there that's intriguing. And I kind of said the same thing about Days Gone. There's a lot of things around it, technical aspects that don't quite work as well, frame rate drops, what have you. But the narrative is interesting. And that's, for me, that's kind of my biggest takeaway. If you have a strong narrative that is kind of keeping me interested and engaged, that goes a long way for me. Um, so I've been really enjoying The Sinking City. Um, and that's maybe- really maybe Mm-hmm. this really got me wondering now like now you got me thinking like what
0: is the worst game that i like
2: yeah it's an interesting game? Game. I, I, I um, know, man, like i know man pick a fuck,
0: pick a fucking lego game i know i know shitty movies i like <laughs> what's a shitty game i
2: like i mean for pick, Bobby, a game, for Bobby, for Bobby, pick a lego game brother pick a fucking lego like, game there's, there's a lot of games Bobby's play i was like that's kind of shitty but Bobby like and that's the thing Is like i think everyone has those games where it's like you know that on the grand scale of things there's a lot of things wrong with this game but there's still something about it that i like you know whether it's a franchise in Lego that you like a lot, or there's just some character or some aspect of the game you like, you can still recognize, like, Knack's not a good game, but me and Drew played it, and we had a lot of fun. You know, there's those kind of... You yeah, people didn't like Knack? A lot of people did not like, <laughs> like Knack. But okay, wait, Time-boxed, was it that bad? <laughs> also, but there's, there's that there's that ebb and pull with it, like, where a lot of people just say like, that was a garbage game, that was a launch title, it's not good, and the people like you and me is like, it's actually pretty good. If you give it a shot, there's some, there's something there, right? There's something there that's fun. Yeah, I think, they made a sequel! <laughs> I think on the whole, and Bobby, that perplexed so many people. But on <laughs> I've only whole, played the first level of the sequel. There that, yeah, there's something there that's cool, and I've, I'm finding that in The Sinking City. I found that in Days Gone, and I'm excited to play more of it. I haven't put a lot of time into Super Mario Maker 2 or Samurai Showdown or Judgment. Those will come later down the line. Um, and just a couple things that um, just if you're bored and you're kind of looking for whatever... Um, last week was uh, Games Done Quick, uh, Summer Edition. So they basically, there is a marathon going on last week from Saturday to Saturday, 24 hours a day um, with a bunch of speedrunners um, doing speedruns for charity. I think this year is for Doctors Without Borders. Um, and I, I talked about um, Games Done Quick before. It's just really cool. I would If I was you and you had a passing interest, just check out and see what games they played. And there's probably a game that you played as a kid or I played recently. And it's like, oh yeah, This dude beat that in 45 minutes. I just watched... One thing I just watched was a Uncharted 1 full playthrough that was 49 minutes long. And it's just like, okay, even if you cut the cutscenes, there's just a lot of walking. How do they manipulate this game? And then they... And what's really cool about this is that the people playing the game and the commentating are just spot on. They tell you exactly what's going on. Like, okay, I'm going to clip through this wall because the programmers didn't do this. And when I do that, the, the game's going to try to load into these uh, this next stage, but it's not going to load in fast enough, so it's going to jump me three levels ahead. It's just really fascinating how there's this con- consistency of, of gamers that have kind of made it their hobby to break these games and beat them as quickly as possible. And that's kind of what the whole uh, thing's about. So yeah, if you have any passing interest in that, Check that out. And like Bobby was mentioning with the wrestling thing, that was part of a fighting game tournament called CEO. And I did catch the very end of the Mortal Kombat 11 finals where Sonic Fox won. So that was very cool. Um, And we have the big one. Evo is coming up in August. That's the one I really pay a lot of attention to. So I didn't watch a ton of CEO, but that that happened as well. So there's that
1: again. If you guys want us to talk about Spider-Man next week, you got to tell Mike to see it. We're talking if about d- Spider-Man. It's just how deep do we go? Do
2: we go full score? You know what? I mean, maybe you guys...
1: We're, I'm going to see it tomorrow with Stefan. Marcus, I think you're seeing it on the 4th, right? Yeah, we're on the 4th.
0: You're talking about it's like, not the option. We don't just kick Mike the F out. Like We're talking about Spider-Man. It's happening. Mark, it's up to Mike, you uh, whether you want to honest, Honestly,
1: if we tell Mike he can go to sleep, he might be pretty happy at yeah, that point. Because right now, guys, this is basically how long this podcast goes now. We recognize about an hour and a half. And we started relatively on time compared he's to, he's to usual. He's got to
0: watch Raw, Bobby, and apparently so do I, because, Mark, you know who's on Raw tonight? The, the goddamn Street Profits. Oh. Dun, don't 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 don' don We're going to have, have some bowl dun, dun, mixing and party cups.
1: I in do have. like that. They they bring the swag like nobody can, okay? That's the They bring the, the swag. I've like never actually that is. attention. Is, my, my dude, it's one of the songs on my treadmill playlist. The, the that's what do the kids say? That that song claps? Is that it? I I'm, I sound
2: old. Whatever the word is, yeah, is it lit? Is. It's something like that. <laughs> <Is> that <right laughs> is I, I turn to you for the street slang. I mean, Step one doesn't know either. He's as old as us. All you
0: do is you type lit fire emoji and the one hundred emoji, and that lit, hits all the things you need.
2: Bobby, I think Bobby's onto
0: something. I've been here about clap. Yeah, that shit claps. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we need Mike, man. That's true. Mike's he the, the oldest
2: one. Mike knows this better than us. Quite <laughs> well, he walks down the street. There's B-Boys. Yeah, exactly.
0: He's <laughs> got his ear to the streets. I got tech yuppies on my streets. That's true. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, All right, boys and girls, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. We're going to talk about the results from UFC uh 239. This is the card we're watching. I forgot the number for a okay. moment. Um, I'm pretty sure nobody here predicted any new champions. So, no. there you go. Um, we are, uh, we, you know what we get to do? We get to complain about this fucking card that they booked for Sacramento. That none of us are good, that we all decided collectively, fucking no. That's true. All right? Fucking no. Are you kidding me? Um, I'm sorry. Maybe if it was in Oakland for like $40? That was the number we came up with? No. <laughs> Okay, Mark, we came up with a number. What was it, 40, 50 bucks? God. Well, we said we said 40 because we think Ticketmaster would fee us to 50. So that's why we went with 40, I think. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. The problem with Bellator existing, man, is that we don't get cards here that the UFC gives a shit about anymore. They've written off San Jose and Oakland. You know what? We might get a card in a new arena, right? You'd hope? Oh, yeah, that'll probably happen. Yeah, we might get a card in a new arena. Um, All right, boys and girls we'll be back next week Mike should be back then Um, thank you all for listening Um, hope you all have a uh, safe and happy 4th of July Um, please don't hurt yourselves just eat some good food get some meat if you're at the right Costco you can buy a $12.99 per pound tomahawk steak prime okay just saying Um, I was Dr. Law that was Kid Presentable that was DJ Mark peace out see ya
0: cheers